Yes, this is Giddy Up with Gareth Hall on this Friday, February 17th. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. Well, it's been a tough morning as racing. Lost one of its favourite sons. Dean Lester was a man I grew up listening to at 3UZ slash RSZ. He was a tipster we turned to. His racing knowledge was second to none and his passion and love for the great game was so infectious and his sense of humour and clever wit was legendary. And he was such a generous man. He would always want people around him to be the best they possibly can. He would lead from the front. And despite facing health battles throughout his life, Dino would never complain. You would never really know. Um, Dino was inspired and loved by the racing people because of their resilience. But there was never a man who had more. And Dino loved the racing people because they dreamt big. But no one lived and chased their dreams like Dino did. On behalf of every, everyone here at SEN, our thoughts are with his beautiful mum Sandra and his partner Leanne, his RSN family and his many friends, which of course were the thousands of punters. And many had never met Dan, Dino, but they all shared that special bond with the great man that words could never really explain. He was one of a kind. He was a mate of dreams, a true legend that will never be forgotten. I love you, Dino. Rest in peace, you beautiful man. Down as the 
by Fleetwood Mac, that was my great mate Dean Lester's favourite song and we lost him this morning and um, he would love nothing more for us to back plenty of winners, plenty of winners today as well. So we'll start to preview a big weekend of racing right across the country on Friday. Um, we'll have our bag of tips as well just after nine o'clock across the three coats and um, there's some terrific racing as well at the Meadows tomorrow night and the Dogs with the heats of the Australian Cup and the Super Stays and also at Tabcourt Park Benangle. What a meeting that promises to be in the trots. Um, plenty of text messages coming through and I'll get to those tributes to Dean Lester as the morning unfolds. 0499 736 736. Um, well said, Gareth. My heart goes out to you, brother, and Dean's family. Rest in peace, Dino, you bloody legend. Um, I've never met the man, but boy, I felt like I did. Such a great racing Insight, but equally loved his personality and banter. Heaven will be full of winners. Rest in peace, Dino. And condolences to his family and friends. It's from Scotty from Doncaster. Um, Andy Mars says, Dean Lester gave his time and knowledge as generously as anyone in this caper. He'll be deeply missed by so many thinking of his family and friends. It's a terrific meeting in Sydney tomorrow. Highlights there, the group two, Silver Slipper, the Hobartville and the Millie Fox. So some terrific racing there. I can't wait for the... The Silver Slipper at Rose Hill. And let's catch up with Sean Patterson for a track update as we head back to Rose Hill on a Saturday afternoon in Sydney. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning. Um, what are we expecting with the track conditions there, mate? Yeah, look, obviously we're going to have a hot couple of days ahead of us. Uh, we're talking about a top of 34 degrees tomorrow, so it's come down a little bit. Afternoon breeze, but we start this morning on a soft five. Uh, just the borderline soft five, so a good four. We just want to keep it there for tomorrow, obviously, with the hot conditions. Yeah. Where will the rail be, mate? Yeah, look, we're in the true position. Yeah. What about the wind conditions? Is there any there to report tomorrow? Yeah, look, it's not going to be too much. Uh, it's quite a still day. About 2 or 3 o'clock, we'll start to pick up. We're talking about 10 to 15k kilometre winds from the northeast. So nothing too much. Um, it will be you know, a little bit warm, but... Look, it's, it's going to be a lot cooler than they first anticipated. Okay, mate. So hopefully a great day's racing. The carnival's not far away. Well, we're basically in full swing now, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're in full spring. Uh, we're, everything's prepared, ready to go. The track's in great order. Um, and looking forward to a really good day tomorrow. Good on you, Sean. Thanks for that, mate. Thank you. There's Sean Patterson. Dean Watling joins us. G'day, Dino. Morning, G. I just want to send my condolences to Dean Lester's family and friends off the bat as well. He was a racing icon and truly inspired plenty of the younger generation, myself included. So, um, yeah, just want to send my condolences out. Yeah, well said, mate. No, he's going to be missed, but his legacy will live on forever. Um, what about at Rose Hill today, mate? You confident? Yeah, it's a good little meeting. It's probably a tricky meeting in a sense, uh, a betting prospect. There's a couple of really shorties there that should win, but obviously a little bit short in the market. But I can't wait for the silver slip. It looks like the race of the day across the board there at Rose Hill. All right, mate. Where do we start with your specials? 
Yeah, I think race three, number six, economics um, presents a little bit of value here. Ryan Maloney jumps aboard. Annabelle Nation's flying at the minute. This horse has a lovely on-pace pattern, which we should suit with the Rose Hill uh, railing the true. We've obviously got the drying conditions. We should get to a good four. And when we sort of see that hot day at Rose Hill and the railing the true, we can often favour on paces. So he comes out of some really good form lines back in the spring carnival and Annabelle Nation's flying at the minute. So race three, number six is where we kick things off. And then where do we go after that, mate? Yeah, I really like the Silver Slipper, Garrick. We touched on it yesterday, but race four, number two, Cylinder. The money's come overnight into around that 360 price. I love the trial. I love the preparation. Then a spell and brought back, and the stable confidence is really, really strong. Um, and we always love backing it off and horses first up. It's an outstanding stat to follow. It's a good race. Um, but I think from barrier one, Breton Abdullah can sort of take charge of the race, find the rails, be up on speed and hopefully fend off his challenges. So the next best is uh, race four, number two, Cylinder. Please, Dino. Um, old, old Dicko was having a crack at me because we were tipping it because the driver said the driver's six from six and um, Dicko can be him. What does he say? Just be you. But we don't know if sometimes Dicko's Martha or Arthur at the moment. And the money's obviously come for Cylinder. So someone must be right. And I think he might be wrong again, Dicko, um, about one of our selections. So I hope Cylinder bolts home. Wins with a leg Me in the too. air. Um, Me too. And I think plenty of listeners are probably on it, the, the big odds to the, the slipper. So hopefully that shortens up and we put ourselves in a good position. But I think the good old stable at the, in the moment. I don't think you can... Um, say a bad word about them, they're absolutely fine. And that's the whole idea of this show, to talk to the participants, to provide information so everybody else can make their own decision, Dino. And we've got some of the, the great form experts in the game. We're very lucky here on Giddy Up. And, um, and it's a privilege to have the participants to give us information as well. So hopefully Cylinder can do the job. Um, what price is he for the slipper with Bet365 now? That'll be interesting. I think he was around... $36. Last time I had a look for um, at the Golden Slipper Market with Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Make sure you gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Um, where is he in the market now? Be intriguing. I'm $34. And... $34 you yeah. can get still. Well, if he wins on the weekend, we know he'll be probably close to single figures or yeah. those low teens. So, um, it's sort of good position, even around that price now. We know it's set for the race. So when get off and set one, um, they rarely, rarely miss. All right, mate. What are we doing after that? Yeah, last race of the day, race 10, number six, Midwest, has the form around Maria Mia. So obviously the price now looks pretty good. I think there's a little bit of speed in this race. So Timmy Clark can sort of sit off Tai and Cote if he wants, or if the, the lead's there and he, he wants to take it up, he can. I think if Maria Mia wins that race, um, this horse will often shorten because of the purely of that form winding in. And Matt, who's a keen danger, needs a wet track. So it's a really simple bet to have in the last race, 10, number six, Midwest. And that rounds them out, G. So economic cylinder in Midwest, your plays there, Dino. What was your bet once again for the weekend preview multi that you can listen on our podcast platforms here on SEN Track, especially if you subscribe to SEN um, Giddy Up with Gareth? Um, and you can listen to the weekend preview. And I think the what which uh, which horse did you have in the the weekend preview well, with, with your multi? Anna Vizio, oh, uh, yes, race at five Flemington. number four. Um, but I really like the multi this week. It's it's gone a little bit safer, but we just need to get 
a win on the board. So I really like this week's multi. I think she's a really, really smart mare now and looks very, very well placed by the Price and Ken Jr. stable in race five, number four at Flemington. So little Tommy Patley, he's kicking off proceedings. He hasn't missed so far since he's joined the team. It's been hard for me to get back into the contest or into the side. Um, he likes serious liaison race one, number nine. Would you believe I ran into Nick Ryan last night? And he said it's one of the great place bets of all time. He says that this horse can win still in at first at Flemington, but he was suggesting that you go more the play. So Tommy Patley's just, he's got his finger on the pulse. There's no doubt about that. Do we go the place or the win with um, Dicko with Climbing Star in race two at Flemington? I think we go the place. I think it's a hot race with a couple of yep. different chances. I think we just don't get greedy this week. Get runs on the board and then we've got a little bit of money in the bank to play with next week yep. in the multi. But I think we need to be put our discipline hats on and um, get it in. Get and, it home. And then Ana Visto for you, race five, number four. That's the win. And yep. uh, Maharaba, race three, number three, the place. The two-year-old race there for Mickey Gannon. So Hopefully it's a fill-up. We'll put that on our social media platforms as well with Bet365. But we're due. We've been getting three out of four, three out of four. We've been knocking on the door. But today can be our day or week. This can be our weekend, I should say. Yeah, hope so. And hope so that plenty of the punters chime in and we get it home because there'll be a, a big party, I guess, on Saturday on Twitter. All right. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, DNA. Thanks, Legend. There's Dean Watling. Let us know your best bets across the country this weekend. And would you believe we went down with our $10, 10K, 10-day challenge. The horse travelled like the winner. It was so – it was one of those races – I was watching with Jules Valance, actually, and he says, you're home at the 200. I said – and I couldn't watch it. My phone was playing up. I said, don't go the early cry. And I don't believe in the early cry, so I'm not blaming Jules. And it went – I watched the replay for the second time and watched it a few times – um, our horse went straight past Willie Pikes and would you believe it kicked back and we got beat. So we have to start again. So another 10 days, but we'll get it eventually. I promise. We only down $30 because we won $20 because when Darren Carroll tipped his winner on the third day, it was two sixty. So we, we went to a hundred dollars. So we took that $20 back, um, to go back to $80, which would have allowed us to get to 10,000 if we got through the 10 days. So we're only down $30 since we've started this exercise, and it's been a lot of fun. And we'll take a quick break. This is Giddy Up with Gareth Hall live on this Friday morning on SEN Track right across the country. It's 22 minutes past eight. As we go to the break, let's hear from Paul Snowden. He's got King's Gambit going around in the Silver Slipper, who is well fighting for favouritism now with the Godolphin runner, Cylinder. Looking forward to see what he can do again under race conditions. Um, he's trained on very well and, and very happy with where he's at and how he would present on Saturday, so hopefully he'll get the job done. He came and rode him Tuesday morning and um, was very impressed with what he, what he felt underneath him and, and how, he, how he worked. Welcome back to Getting Up on this Friday. Can't wait for this meeting in Melbourne tomorrow. We've got Group 1 racing and it's back at headquarters at Flemington down that famous straight for the Black Caviar. Lightning stakes and probably the best sprinter since Black Caviar Nature Strip will be heading down that straight once again as an eight-year-old. And he was so unlucky. It was one of his best ever efforts last year when he finished second, of course, behind the three-year-old home affairs in last year's Lightning. And he's still the dominant favourite, despite drawing a little awkwardly, some might say, in barrier number one. Liam O'Keefe, uh, the best track curator in the game, joins us now. Liam, good morning to you. Thanks for your time, mate. No worries. Morning, Gareth. Um, what's the track looking like on the eve of Lightning Stakes Day? 
Yeah, it's looking good. Just halfway through my inspection um, this morning and it's coming up a good fall. I've put plenty of water on the last few days, over two inches for the week with the warm weather that's been around and it's going to get really warm again today. But hopefully a cool change coming in around five or six o'clock tonight. So um, if we get that... It'll just be pleasant conditions for tomorrow, around 22, 23 degrees. When you have a hot week like we're having in Melbourne, I guess this is the most um, testing time for a track creator trying to work out how much water you put on your track. So how do you cope with that this week? Yeah, it, it is. These are our most challenging conditions, especially when it's windy. But um, we, we have a pretty set system in place of doing a going stick in the morning and a moisture straight after lunch. And... Um, we have a good history of data of where we need to get the track um, with certain temperatures and wind. So um, we're right in a good spot at the moment, but it'll be plenty of hard work today in the heat to hand hose and whatnot to make sure that each piece of um, square metre gets the same as the next. So um, we want a nice, safe and uniform track and, and we'll put our heads down and work hard today. All right, mate. So what are you expecting tomorrow then, how this track will play? Yeah, it should play well. We're coming off a three-week break. The rail will be in the true position, so nice, even cover of grass across. Uh, wind conditions tomorrow is a 20 to 25 kilometre southerly, so probably something to keep an eye on during the day on our wind tracker because that will have a have an effect on horses in the home straight. It's just once you go over that 20-kilometre mark, it's just enough to yeah. have a bit of an effect. So you might see horses looking for a little bit of cover around the turn. All right, then. And the, and the straight, um, where do you think they'll go to? Yeah, barriers in the middle, straight racing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think fresh ground, they'll probably just come up the middle. Yeah. Um, I see in the in the lightning, the speed's drawn basically on the inside and outside, so they may jump out and just, just go to the middle. But, um, yeah, there's not a lot in it, Gareth, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just come up the middle and play it pretty safe. All right, mate. Looking forward to it. Do you have a, a tip for us? I don't, but um, just just with the obvious nature strip, um, I think he's uh, he's come back bouncing. He tried great the other morning, and Jay Mac was pretty happy. So we'll uh, stand him one in the quaddy. All right, love your work, mate. Enjoy tomorrow. Thanks, Gareth. There we go. There is Liam O'Keefe with a track update there at Flemington. Um, Nick Ashman's on the line. Do we take the news or no? We'll go straight to we'll go straight to Nick Ashman here. Nick, hello to you. Good morning, mate. Hello, Gareth. I'm good, mate. Good to be not to be bumped off by the news. No, that's the plus of the day. No, they were. Uh, they said, well, if if Nick Ashman's on the line, he's been waiting patiently. The news can um, be on hold for a little while because you are the news. There's no doubt about that. Thebeatenfavorite.com. What are we doing, mate? From a punting perspective, you just heard from Leo, Liam O'Keefe. I think the lightning's mm. going to be interesting tactic-wise. You had a chat to James McDonald um, with your article on the yeah. great tip-off. Um, I read that. He, he doesn't seem to be too concerned, the great man, J-Mac. No, he doesn't. He, he was very relaxed, but he's he's pretty relaxed customer these days. He's on top of the world, obviously, in the jockey rankings, and he's, he's on the world's best sprinter in uh, uh, what's ranked as the world's best sprint race at the moment uh, by the world authorities. That's the lightning stake. So... Um, he, he just thinks it's uh, business as usual. He expects Nature Strip to turn up pretty close to his best. And we know if he does that, he probably wins the race. I suppose the flies in the ointment, I'll say flies, plural, there's two things. One, we've known him to be a bit susceptible with a horse like Eduardo who bullies him early in a race. Yeah. And that's where Nature Strip can sometimes come undone. He likes to get into a relaxed mode through that first two, three, four hundred metres and then he sort of ramps it right up into the home straight. Obviously, we've got a straight race here, so there's no turns. But 
we do have Marabi uh, and um, uh, Baller, sorry, Marabi and Kulangata that'll both be going forward. So you heard from Liam there, and every indication we've got as well is that the winners in straight races will be coming up the middle. So Nature Strip, first of all, will be able to get away from the inside pretty easily, but whether or not he's going to be in the absolute A ground is questionable. And then you've got Marabi and Kulangata, who are both going to be right up there with him. They're both huge speed horses. So he's not going to get his own way in front through that first two, three, four hundred metres like he has done previously in some straight races. And that might pose a little issue for him. And then you've also got to ask, and I did ask J-Mac, and he said, look, he's showing all the right... We just lost you there, brother. In the spring. Yeah, you're back. It didn't affect him. Oh, I was, I was offline there for a sec. Yep. Hey, look, basically, J-Max convinced that the horse is fine. He felt good, so he said he's going in, no excuses on on, uh, on Saturday, mate. But I've got to look. I'm going to be watching the market on Marabi because on my stuff, Gareth, that Oakley plate win rated through the roof, and the rating she produced there was a 96. That means nothing to the listeners that don't know our database. But to put it into some sort of perspective, Nature Strip hasn't hit 95 since the VRC sprint uh, victory in 2021. So if she can get somewhere near that mark of 96, I think she'll test the big boy on uh, in the big race tomorrow. So we might hear from David Eustace talking about Marabi because she is first up and she heads down to the straight or heads down the straight for the first time in the Lightning Stakes tomorrow afternoon. We think so. We think she'll run a yeah, really big race, fresh. Um, we're looking forward to going down the straight as well. She's got <laughs> Excuse me, high cruising speed, uh, very high, and is able to sort of quicken off that thousand pressure. It's is perfect for her. So um, I think she could be very, could be a very strong late. So, what's your philosophy on that, Nick? With horses heading down the straight for the first time? Well, normally, I mean, this race is slightly different because quite often straight races are devoid of pace, or the because there's no urgency to get across to the rail like there is in other races. But this race has got a lot of natural speed. Nature Strip, Cool and Gatter and Marabi. Um, what I like about Marabi, she's drawn in between those two other speed horses. So she gets to have a bit of a look. She can sort of take a slight sit if that's what they want to do. And she has done that before. She did it in the Oakley Plate. Um, she doesn't have to lead in a races. Whereas I think the other two, we saw Nature Strip not lead first up in the spring and it was a brilliant run but typically he likes to be out in front he doesn't like to get bullied around so uh, I think it's advantage from a map point of view on Marabi but because she's coming off that 47 week break you just want to see you want to see some market support and more yeah. importantly you just don't want to see it drift off out to 14 or 15 dollars. Um, what else are we doing there at Flemington outside of the Lightning Stakes? Well, I'll go back a race to race six, and I'm really keen. Better the day for me, number four, Bank Moore. I reckon that's exactly mm. what you'll do tomorrow, Gareth, if yes. you back this horse. He ran a career peak first up behind Jackano and the Manfred Stakes. That form's been well and truly franked. He's always looked like a top-line three-year-old, and I reckon this preparation is the prep that he goes ahead. I reckon he'll win the CS Hayes. I reckon he'll be the horse to beat in the Australian Guineas come Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m., and I think the $5 that's on offer for him now is an absolute luxury. I've marked him with a three in front of his lamb. What does Jai McNeil, uh, Jai, um, Jai McNeil do from that gate? I'm just a little concerned about that map there. Yeah, you've got, look, you've got his heaven going forward and you've probably got Maximilius uh, from the inside. And then there's a whole host of horses that want to be not too 
are off the speed. I think all he's got to do is find a bum in the run. Uh, if you're three wide with cover, I don't think that's going to be a bad issue, a bad situation on Saturday. We just heard from Liam O'Keefe, probably the biggest factor on Saturday is going to be the wind if it yep. gets up over 20 k's an hour. If that's the case, you just need cover coming into the straight. Once you get there, you can let down. He's got 470-odd metres to reel in the winners. So the key is to be probably within three to five lengths coming around that home turn, getting cover right the way into the straight, getting to the outside and balancing up and unleashing over the last 400 metres. It's a pattern that suits Bank more. He's got the right rider in the saddle to do it, and I think he maps fine for mine. Love your confidence. So Bankmore race six, number four in the CS Hayes. What else are we doing, mate? Go back to race two, Gareth. There was a horse that we, on the beaten favourite, uh, we suggested going into that Manfred Stakes, climbing star the filly. She was $67 at that point in Australian Guineas markets. We suggested just having a peanut on her because she did some pretty good things in that debut preparation for Philip Stokes that suggested that she was right up to potentially the top level. Her return was good without being great. But it's, it's a perfect platform now to go up to 1,400 metres back against her own sex. And in race two, number five, Climbing Star, looks a real standout for mine. Royal Merchant in that same race is hard fit uh, and gets it, her chance to knock off some of these slightly sort of, I guess, better three-year-old fillies. And then the other one to watch out for in the race is Nunthorpe. The reason being is she's yet to post a big number. But this race looks devoid of pace with probably Papillon Club being the only horse that will go forward and look for the lead. And Nunthorpe's got exceptional acceleration, running really slick late splits at her two starts today. So she might be the one that can out-sprint them. But I'll tell you what, with even luck in running and a good flowing run into the straight from Climbing Star, and she uh, she should just be beating them. Dicko was keen on Climbing Star as well yesterday. Are they the only three horses we're playing at headquarters there in Melbourne tomorrow? Look, I think so. I've got one for you just later in the day yeah. in race eight. Uh, good each way gamble here, which is um, Crosshaven for uh, for Ben and JD Hayes. Last two runs are really rate, rated really well on our database. We just think the horse will go forward. Hopefully the wind's not too high because I do have him mapping outside the lead. So it's probably not going to be the best spot to be if it gets up over 20 k's an hour. But if it's not, uh, look for him at around the $15 mark each way. Love your work, mate. Enjoy your day. Good tipping, too, good Gary. punting, and we can catch all of your action on uh, the beatenfavourite.com website, mate, with all of your information. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a new product out now, which you can buy off the guys at thegreattipoff.com uh, as well. So uh, hopefully they are, that, that provides a few more winners. Love your work. Race eight, number six, by the way, is Crosshaven there for the punters. Thanks for that, Nick. Good on you, Gareth. Cheers, mate. We'll take the news and we'll come back. and We might hear from a few of the major players at that Flemington meeting in Dave Eustace talk, talking about Cool and Gatter, Richard Jolly about See You in Heaven, Rod Lyons about Nature's Trip, Matty Smith, and his comments about Bunes Notches going around the Lightning Stakes, and also Mitchell Freeman, who has his smart three-year-old attrition engaged in the CSA Stakes. Big day at Flemington tomorrow. Can't wait. Highlight there is the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Nature's Trip, he's the star of the sport at the moment. He's the world's best sprinter. He resumes in that Group 1 feature on a Saturday afternoon. Let's listen to his managing part owner, Rod Lyons, who joined me yesterday for Stable Mail on Giddy Up. It's been all positive from that point of view. His trials, jump out in Sydney, his jump out at Melbourne, his enthusiasm, his demeanour, his action, his breathing, it's all terrific. He, they couldn't be happier with him. Um, James has been riding him in work and Stewie, who rides him all the time, they're saying he's as good as ever now. As you say, he's an eight-year-old. He's going to war again on, on Saturday. 
He races against the best every time he goes out there, and he gives his best, yeah. and he'll do that on Saturday. But he's showing no signs of uh, of any battle fatigue at the moment. Yeah, he's a two dollar ten favourite with Bet Three Six Five Nature Strip. One of his biggest dangers will be the filly down the bottom, Cool and Gatter. She's at six dollars fifty. Let's hear from her co-trainer, David Eustace. She's great. Um, obviously, everyone's seen her trials, but she's been very good. Um, she's definitely strengthened up, and you know, as a result, you know, looks even sharper again. So, yeah, we're comfortable with the draw. Pretty pleased to see that. Um, she's going to travel very deep into the race, you would think, and um, so she's able to really finish that off. One of the most interesting runners in that Lightning is Bonus Notches. He's a very good three-year-old. Here's his trainer, Matthew Smith. Yeah, no, he's in good order. He's uh, he's healthy and his work's been good. So, uh, yeah, look, I'm really comfortable with where he's up to for his first up run. And, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, really in good shape. He could be a horse that we follow towards the, the new market, Buddhist Notches, whether the 1,000 metres might just be a little bit too sharp for him tomorrow. One of the other highlights there is the Vanity, which is in um, the earlier part of the meeting race, too, at Flemington. We've Got a lot of time for this filly and see you in heaven. The South Australian filly, who's the $3.60 favourite for that contest. Let's hear from her co-trainer, Richard Jolly. So, yeah, we're so happy with her, where she's at. And as I said, her goal's the, the guineas. Um, so, yeah, we aim, I, I still think there's an improvement in her um, after Saturday's run. So, um, let's, you know, we're just hopeful, you know, she has a, a good, clean run and, um, you know, head towards the guineas. And the three-year-old feature for the boys is the C.S. Hayes. And Attrition is a horse on the up. Now, this is by far his biggest test. But he's been kept safe in the market with Bet365. He's at $3.60. In fact, he's the favourite for this event. Let's hear from him. Let's hear from oh, his trainer, yeah. Mitch Freeman. Oh, yeah, I think I think he's good enough to go there and be really competitive. Yeah. Um, still a young horse. And, you know, they've got to go and keep performing. And until they're fully mature, you, you know, you're sort of always... Worried about whether they're ready, you know, you know how, how many good runs they can put in and how, how many times they can keep dominating races like that. But look, what he's done at home and, and everything like suggests he's still on song. And um, yeah, we're just looking forward to Saturday and then seeing what he can do. And yeah, we'll see where he's at tomorrow because, as Nick Ashman pointed out just before that break, Bate Moore's got the runs on the board. He's competed against some nice horses. He just went down to Jackano the other day, and um, he'd be a great measuring stick for a horse like. Attrition in that CS Hayes there tomorrow at Flemington. Eagle Farm will be the venue for headquarters or racing in Brisbane there. It's headquarters there for Queensland Racing. And our man Semi Highland joins us. G'day, Semi. Good morning, mate. Morning, Gareth. Uh, yeah, really sad. Yeah. Really sad morning, isn't it? Uh, it's uh, uh, condolences to, to Sandra Borshman and, and all the Dean's family and friends. Uh, it's just very sad news. And He's a great man, and he'll be uh, sadly missed, Dino. Yeah, 100%, Sammy. He was, especially in Victoria, everybody knew him, and he had such a massive heart, and you wouldn't... There's a lot of people that didn't even know what he was going through with his health battles. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's... Uh, I, I mean, I I have known Dean since I was uh, 15, started in the stables, and for as long as I've known him, he's uh, he was on a walking stick, and then obviously... Uh, as he got older, you know, he he had, you know, it, but he never ever complained. You know, you know, obviously uh, had had his health worries throughout his career with with um, 
you know, with his issues and that, and, and then obviously in more recent times uh, with the cancer, it's just, just very sad. But, uh, like, you know, just an amazing, amazing talent. And this will be a, con- a, a, a consistent theme that you will hear over the next few days, talking about Dean Lester. Uh, for somebody that had never ridden a horse, he, he, read, he read races and, and could assess horses Exactly like a jockey did, you know, and that's um, you know that that's not something that that you you know as I say, you know he he it was almost like he had a jockey's brain in his head, and yeah. and um, that was so clear from you could ring Dean about any horse, and and he he'd just tell you about it straight off the bat, you know he just knew his his knowledge uh, was quite amazing, and and that's why he was so talented. Yeah, that's a great insight, um, Sammy, and. Yeah, even this morning with the tributes, the thing that stands out for me a little bit, obviously he had great mates within the industry, but he's inspired a generation to go, okay, I want to be a full-time tipster, like Betty said on our show, Dean Watling, um, Mickey Gannon. Um, these are young tipsters that join our team now, Mitchie Lewis, and they all want to be Dean Lester, and that's a legacy that um, will live forever, that he was the man that inspired a new generation of racing fans. But... Um, young individuals that wanted to get into the game just to be like Dean Lester. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we need we need more of it, don't we? Yeah. And, and uh, I think now is is uh, is it's so important going forward that um, you know we we paint our sport in a, in a good light. It's it's not also just about the punt. It's it's about the horses and and the participants and. Uh, I think that's you know Dean Lester. He had a, an amazing love for for the thoroughbred as well, and th- and that's why mm. he knew them inside out. You know, he he could connect with with uh, horses and participants of the industry. It's a great lesson for anyone, really. If you want to get involved with the punt and you want to have um, and try and back winners or tip winners, is that Dino went above and beyond to try and understand the thoroughbred. He was a clocker at Cranbourne, as you pointed out, Sammy. He would talk to the trainers. He would have relationships with the jockeys. And um, he, he would try and work out the horse as well, which um, which made him into the, 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 the tipster that he is, you know. And and I think, um, you know, it's all, all things uh, in it, it. It was his passion, you know. His passion for, for the sport was quite amazing. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what we need going forward. We, we need to uh, keep loving this sport just like I do. Yes, that? and there's no one we better. We love it. We yeah. love it when we're winning, and that's what we're going to do this weekend. And the rail's out two metres on a good forward eagle farm. What are we doing from a punting perspective, Semi Boy? Let's kick off with a uh, good start here. Race two, number two, Tears of Love. Malia Castle takes three kilos off this horse, and I reckon it'll jump and lead all the way. I'm telling you, this horse is... Uh, <laughs> got a good record at the track, a good record at the trip. Uh, she rides really well, three kilos off. I, You know what? Maybe Sagacious will lead, Tears of Love sits second, or vice versa. Maybe Tears of Love jumps and, and gets up on the bunny and, and rolls along. Gee, I think it'll take catching. You can get it at $6.50 this morning, and I think that'll get us off to a good start. Then I go race four, number four, Tappy's Lad. For Mark Duplessis or to his colleagues, Mark Two Plus Three, uh, I tell you what, this this will give a great sight. Uh, it's a tough, hardy Kiwi. It's effective at another that's effective at the trip. 
it's good on good ground, which uh, I'd, I'd imagine uh, it's going to be firm at, at Eagle Farm, as it always is. And, and you know, we've got a, a beautiful weekend ahead of us. It's drawn a good gate. It'll get a soft run. And then this is my best of the day at Eagle Farm. Giddy up. It is race eight, number three, Boom Nova. First up for Chris Munts, Justin Huxtable on board. Gee, it goes well, this uh this mare, she, she's an absolute beauty. She's three for three at the track. She's four, uh, three from four uh, at the trip. She's good fresh. Uh, she'll be forward. She went round in some handy races, the Toy Show and the Mona Lisa yeah. last preparation down in Sydney. Uh, this is a good race for her to kick off in. And, and as I said, she walks she walks into Eagle Farm, grows another leg, and that, that'll be the go here. Boom, Nova will take out race number eight. So we've gone. Race two, number two. Race four, number four. Race eight, number three. And giddy up, I'm just going to give you one at odds at Flemington. I love it. In the CSH stakes, I backed it last night at $126. (laughs) And that is number 15, Dirty Grin. It is way over the odds, that horse. Why? Way over the odds. Why? Uh, well, uh, look, it's it's still got upside to it, you know. Yeah. It's 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 uh, the fourteen hundred at Flemington is going to suit it beautifully, and I'm just thinking, I, I just think uh, it, it's uh, yeah, I, I just think it shouldn't be those odds. You know, mm. they're not that much better than than Dirty Green, and if it gets a sweet run, you know, it's going to be effective at the trip. You know, it got the money at Geelong last time, stepping up to the 1,400 because that's exactly what it needed. It's drawn a nice gate. Simon Zara is a good, good trainer. They were just a bit sharp for it at Wangaratta first up, 1,100. Then it went sand down. was beaten under two lengths behind Ebony King, that horse of begs. Then went to 1,400 and wins. Flemington, big track, sweet run, $126. What? Yeah, I've had it's gotta a got to be hard. I've had a dollar each way right now with Bet365 Dirty Grin for Simon Zara. So there you go. Love it. And um, just quickly before we let you go, Baller, the Queenslander, can he be competitive in the lightning down the straight? I think so. I think, uh, you know, Tony Gowan's really upbeat about this horse. And we obviously saw Queenslanders uh, be competitive uh, in, uh, in the spring. And yeah, like he's a good bit of stuff, this horse. And, uh, I'm I'm keen on rock and horse in that race for Jamie Mott. Gee, I think it's uh, it, I think it's overs. You know, Nature Strip. He's obviously a superstar, but he's quirky enough, yeah. and he's getting a bit long in the tooth. They don't go forever, do they? So, no. um, you know, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with rock and horse at a bit of odds, but won't surprise me if Paul is in the finish. Yeah, Rockin' Horse, she's always underrated a little bit. She's at a big prize once again, and Mike Moroney says that he's never had her better, and you're getting double well, figures for her. She's beaten Nature Strip, yep. you know, so it's it's not like, uh, it, it's you know, I, gee, I think she's good value. And she loves the straight. Good on you, Sammy. Um, we'll catch up with Thanks, you down the up. track, mate. There we go. There's the great Sammy Highland. Uh, 8.53, we'll take a break and then we'll wrap up this first hour here on Giddy Up on this Friday morning. Great to be with you on this Friday morning, three minutes past nine. We're racing at Morpherville in the Parks track on a Saturday afternoon. Mitchie Lewis joins us now. G'day, Mitch. Good morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Gareth. Um, uh, what do you think this track will play like at the Parks? Usually you need to be on pace um, in the first four or five, and that's a big advantage. Is that how you see it tomorrow? Yeah, generally at the parks, and the rail goes out plus three metres as well, so I think that just tightens it up a little bit, but I 
tend to favour the leaders at Northville Parks for sure. All right, mate. What are we doing with um, your specials on this program? Uh, I'm going to kick off in race one with number three, Dunma Glass. So he's actually gunning for three wins in a row here now. Uh, and he ran a massive figure two starts back at Strathalbum uh, and then backed it up with another win. The, the figures that he's running are impressive and he looks like he continues to improve. So he's one that's going to be up on the speed and he's drawn out of barrier one. So I think he's going to find a nice run and I think he's going to take a fair bit of catching, particularly if he improves again. So I love it. Some um, value there. Then what are we doing after that? Uh, I'm going to go to race four with number five, Saskatoon of the Jollies. So he's obviously been flying. He's won three of his last four, two of them at the Parks track. Uh, he maps super again. He's got barrier one as well, and he's got speed, so he should take some catching. Um, yeah, sorry, I've just lost my notes here. That's all right, Mitchie. Uh, yeah, favourable conditions. He should be pretty hard to reel in again. And Richard Jolly gave that galloper a good push. He made it his best in in Adelaide tomorrow anyway, Saskatoon. So at $2.40 there with Bet365, you got anything else for us, great man? Yeah, I had one more. In race five, I was going to come on and tip um, the Godolphin runner Bistro, but she's been scratched this morning. So I think that just opened that race up to silver on red. Right down in the weights and with Borser uh, on, I think he's got a lot of options from barrier one and I feel like it maps nicely for him just to sort of sit around midfield and be too strong from late with Bistro coming out now. So silver on red, you've got Saskatoon race four, number five, race five, number eight, silver on red. And what was the earlier horse? What race number was that? Race two or three? Race one, number three, Dumma Glass. Yes, sorry. Um, yep, race one, number three, Dumma Glass. What a great name that is. Um, around that $2.30 yeah, $2. quote. What would be your very best on that program, mate? Probably going to have uh, silver on red as my best bet now. Like I said, I'd, I was coming on to tip Bistro, who I thought was going to get a good run, and the only danger I thought was silver on red. So now with Bistro out, I think it would be very hard to stop, especially the form he's in. Beautiful. So race one, number three, race four, number five, race five, number eight. Your specials there at Morphville, and I know you're keen on see you in heaven as well, mate. I think if you're the Eastern State or the, the New South Wales and Victorian form analysts are just disrespecting that feely a little bit. Well, on my show anyway. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think if you have a look at her last two runs when she was over in Melbourne, she obviously had the win when she pushed forward. But remember, when she got stuck in behind, she's adaptable, so she can go back if she has to. So I'm not super worried about nine, particularly with Craig Williams on board. I think he's going to have options, and I'm expecting him to sort of just give her that room for an explosive finish. Like, if he, he'll just keep her off the rail, and, you know, I'm expecting her to boom late. All right, mate, go and get them. Love your work, Mitch. And what about that story there yesterday um, at Kangaroo Island? It was a story of dreams. There was a trainer there based, I think, at King Island that trained three winners all at a price there um, at King Island. Stephen Lenahan, he had Swiss time at $61, and then he had Padstone Polly at $26, and then he had all be gone. At 8.50, and if you watch that race, I'll be gone actually went to the outside fence and missed the kick by four or five lengths and still won. And the mail is that he had, the mail is that he had it all up, like a dollar dollar all up. Yeah, I believe on his dot-com interview, he said he had them in the treble and he might have got around 16,000 to that treble or something like that. 16,000. So he's a Horsham-based trainer that was at Kangaroo Island on a fishing trip. So it's not a bad yeah, fishing thought trip. thought he better take some runners across while he was at it. Yeah. Ah, oh, 
That's that, that's a story. And that's why we love a racing game. Hey, good on you, Mitchie. Good tipping, good punting tomorrow at Morfordville. And we can catch all of your action, mate. Um, at Mitchellowis101, you just head to your Twitter. And then at formguidebreakdowns.com.au is your website. Yeah, that's right, guys. Yeah, love your work. Thanks for that, Mitch. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. Pinjara tomorrow. It's a really good meeting. Looking forward to the card there. Riley Morgan joins us because it's Magic Millions two-year-old classic day at Pinjara Park. Uh, Riley, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Gareth. And just firstly, Gareth, before we get stuck into Saturday's card, I, I just wanted to, to send my thoughts and best wishes out to, to Dean Lester's family, his colleagues, and to everyone at RSN after the Racing World lost a, lost a giant overnight. It's it's not a world I've been involved in for too long, but it, it is one that I do really love, and Dean epitomised that. And quite frankly, it'll never be the same again, but all the same, a great legacy that the uh, the great man leaves behind. Now, well said, Riley. You would have heard him in Perth on Tab Radio. Um, he was a regular on there on Friday and Wednesday as well with his tips, and I think he wrote, a, a regular column there for the Tab Touch website, which is the local tote in WA. So um, he was in Brisbane as well. He had a spot on, on Sydney radio. So um, the racing industry right across the country knew who Dean Lester was. And as I said before to Semi Highland, I think the greatest legacy in listening to the tributes and reading the tributes for the great man this morning is that he's inspired youngsters like yourself, Riley, to get into this game and, and tip horses for people out there. He sure did, and I know Gareth. I learned a lot listening to him doing the halftime reports every Saturday morning on, on Tab Radio as well, another sort of segment he did week to week, and, and there was never any ego involved. He had terrific insight and was great learning to absorb uh, anything he had to offer in the yep. short time I did get to listen to him. He would love you tipping a few winners on a um, Saturday afternoon there at Pinjarra Park, and he'd probably even love you more if you could tip a few of Simon Miller's horses. Um, what are you thinking, mate? We go to the first, Gareth, on the uh, on the program. Race number one, horse number two here. And it has been a little while between drinks, but Steve Wolf and Sean McGrady are absolutely flying at the moment. And Export Man, to me, looks like a horse who, who's ready to win again. He, he comes through what I suggest is by far the strongest form race for this behind Halatorian. He, he finished off massive there. And he didn't have a great deal of early speed, but he never does and, and never has in his career. And... But once he balanced up, he, he savaged the line in easily the best last 200 metres of that race into third. And we've seen Halatorian more than frank that form by running a very brave third in a very strong Cyril Flower behind a couple of genuine top liners in Sniparucci and, and My Bella May last weekend. And there looks to be some really good tempo here. He should love the big, long straight that Pinjara presents him. And I think if Sean McGrady can get him into that three-wide moving line building into the corner, he looks ready to break through again. We had the Wolfman on getting up yesterday for the stable, mate. And he's a good judge, Stevie Wolf. He was at Albany and he seems to have well and truly got his stable back on track. He went through a bit of a lean patch. He was flying before that. Then he went through a lean patch. But now he's, as you pointed out, he's he's just um, back to his very best, Stephen Wolf. And Export Man's won a Magic Millions and a Karakata. They're the only two races that he's won. But I agree with you. It looks like it's his day there tomorrow. Um, the son of playing yeah. God. Yeah, just as a result of those two wins, Gareth, he's just been weighted out of races since his two-year-old sort of since his two-year-old season. But on the weekend, he's finally he's dropped points, he's dropped points, and he's finally found another really suitable race. I think to finally break through again. All right, mate. What else are we doing there at Pinjarra to, on a Saturday? 
I've really liked one in race four, and before we do race four, we'll go to my best in the eighth uh, as well, the feature of the day. But race four, the price has gone off overnight, and I thought I'd really found one here and, and blow me out. I thought it was way over the odds at around that sort of $18 mark, $16 mark last night. But that price has now gone off. She's into $10, which is still still technically a bit of value with how sh- as short that as short as I've marked her, but I loved her first up effort in that same form race behind Halatorian. And she really, she began on terms with the rest of the field there, but was just made to really snag early from the gate. It looked as though she was going to be caught wide and she ended up last and had to really do plenty of work from the 800 to the 400 to be put into the race. And despite that, I love the way she cut through the field late without a great deal of room to perhaps peaked on a run over the last 100 metres, but I thought she was entitled to, given the run she had, and she should derive great benefit from that run under the belt, and no doubt in my mind she has been set for this race, being Pinjarra Magic Millions meeting for, for Brett Pope, who who's the local trainer. He trains out of Pinjarra, and I think she can certainly sit much handier here from the draw. She's got a terrific record at the track, and I thought she was a terrific each-way bet, and she's still very much each-way odds there at around that sort of $10 mark. So blow me out, $10, 17 into 10. Pope, Lucy Warwick, race four, number five. And what do you like in the feature race then? In the feature race eight, the Magic Millions two-year-old classic. And for me, I thought the best two-year-old trial that we've seen here in WA this season produced the best two-year-old trial for this race on debut, quite simply, in Super Smink, the, the filly for Dan Morton and... What she was able to produce on debut when third behind the favourite, a lot of good men, was just, I thought it was a terrific trial in preparation for getting her to this race. Second up, she she tried like a bomb prior to that effort. She she actually began there much better than the eventual winner did, the favourite, but from barrier 14 to 14, was just made to really drop out the back with a lot of good men having that real tactical barrier advantage. And the way she got home was outstanding. And you'd think from barrier five, drawn the inside of the favourite, she's going to be afforded that opportunity to position up a lot closer to them on the weekend. And while I don't doubt a lot of good men has plenty of quality, I just think... To me, she looks one of the better bets of the day. I really think this filly has star qualities from what we've seen so far and is going to be a force not only on Saturday but progressing to races like the Karakata if she can say stay sound in the future. Super Spink, race eight, number nine. Um, blow me out and export, man. Your best on a big day there in, in the West for Magic Millions Day. Love your work, Riley. Thanks for that, mate. Appreciate your time as Beautiful. always. Thanks, Gareth. He's a good young man, Riley Morgan, kicking plenty of goals. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll preview some great action at the trots at Melton and Menangle on a Saturday night. Welcome back to Getty Up. Big night of harness racing, um, both in Melbourne, but especially in Sydney. Maddie Leppard will join me in just a moment to have a chat about those feature events at Menangle. But our man, Darren Carroll's done the form for us at Melton on a Saturday night. Darren, good morning to you. Morning, Gareth. Yeah, you got the right man for uh, from an angle. So I'll stick to Melton. Um, like a few at Melton, I think it's a really good night's racing. Only eight races, obviously the A grades at an angle, but um, still a really good night's racing at Melton. Um, and also a couple of horses be probably trying to run around and impress because they look like going to an angle the week after for the um, Miracle Mile heats. So, um, we start off in race two. I'm really keen on number eleven, Sir Patrick. Around about six dollars um, that we're getting at the moment. So didn't um, didn't trial leading into a really good class race at Kilmore last Sunday. Uh, it was checked at the 800 and galloped, and um, you know Molly took no part in the race from there. But I was there and watched its last 800 and gee, it got to the line strongly all by itself. Um, so really like the way it got to the line. Um, always liked this horse. Um, 
little bit fitter for that outing. And I just think each way all day at six dollars. Race two, number 11, Sir Patrick, to get our night off to the start. Um, then we go to race six, number eight, Cranbourne. This is a really interesting race. This is a free-for-all race. Some really nice horses engaged. Um, the key to the race is the map, and I'm relying on the map. Um, Gilby Dynamite um, has led and held the lead uh, for the last two starts at this track and distance. And then I've gone right back into its form, and I've established that it's led 13 times in its career and it's held the lead on 11 of those occasions. The only times it's handed up is when uh, it was in a junior... Oh, sorry, an uh, invitation driver's race, and the other time was when it got a war with uh, Bondi lockdown, so no wonder it took us on those occasions. So I'm banking on it leading, and that means that Cranbourne gets the gun run sitting on its back. So very keen on Cranbourne, race six, number eight. Uh, it's getting around about $3 at the moment, and I think that's a really good bet. Um, to tell me and Nathan Jack to draw it. And, um, yep, think it'll give us every chance from that draw. Race two, number uh, 11. Now, yep, sorry, mate. Yep, got, got one more. Got one more. Um, so we've been greedy tomorrow night, Gareth. We've got three. Um, like race eight, number one, Golfo Paradiso. This horse has only had five starts. It's with the Glenn Douglas, um, Julie Douglas State team. Uh, it's resuming from a spell, trialled really good. Um, hasn't raced since August. Um, created a really big impression in its first few starts and then went off a bit. Um, so I'm pleased that they sent it for a spell. Um, but on its trials, it's come back really well. Um, it's got really, really good gate speed. It can hold out El Boston, who's a, you know, a bit of a flying machine. Just hope it's not much of a pest, though, El Boston, because it can pull a bit. But I think it leads over the sprint distance, and we're going to get around about $5. So I think another you know, really nice bet. So we've got some value for the night. So... Race two, number 11, Sir Patrick, at around about $6. So we've got race six, number eight, Cranbourne, I think probably the best of the night, around about $3. And Golfo Paradiso in the last race, eight, number one. So it looks a really good night's racing. Love the way you're thinking there at Milton tomorrow night. Good on you, Das. Thanks. As I pointed out before, it's a terrific meeting at Menangle. That's the highlight there for harness racing around the country on a Saturday. And this man is one hell of a form analyst as well, and it's his birthday. So he turns 40 today. He doesn't look a day over 30. Uh, Matty Leppard, happy birthday, mate, and welcome to Giddy Up. <laughs> G'day, Gareth. How are you going? How are you feeling, mate? Do you feel like you're, you're 40? I woke up today. And actually, my, my four-year-old daughter came in and woke me up today and, um, and wished me happy birthday. And, and the first thing I thought when I woke up is, gee, I, I do feel old, 40 Forty's a big difference to thirty-nine, I reckon. Yeah, well, I'm nearly, I'm nearly with you at the big four-zero. Anyway, I've got a few year and a bit to go, so I'm, I'm okay. But um, you don't look forty anyway. Forty's the new thirty, um, Matty Leopard. But we need to pick your brain regarding this chariots of fire meeting at Tabcourt Park with Angle in Sydney tomorrow night. Captain Ravishing, everybody's talking about how good this pacer is, and I know that you've been on Trot's life discussing him. But where do you? He's got a He's still got to do it, but from um, just from an excitement point of view, how good do you think this horse is? Um, well, it's hard to know because he's still really untapped, but I think this is the biggest boom we've seen on a horse since Christian Cullen and Courage Under Fire. Would you agree with that? Yeah, maybe ride high. Maybe we're in COVID. Everyone's like ride high was winning by space, but we never really got to see him compete against anyone because of, the COVID and um, Harness Race in Victoria wouldn't put on that match race with um, Lock and Var up. But 
Yeah, I, I when I, I had to see him when I saw him really since he's been with Emma Stewart. I saw him in the flesh there at Melton on on a Hunter Cup night. Um, he did things like only like a Hector JJ or I'm the Mighty Quinn have done from a like point to point speed, and you think, wow, there was something. He's he's got something quite special about him. Yeah, that point to point speed and the fact that he's putting big big margins on very good horses means that this is the horse that. I think the sport's been waiting for for a long time to try and attract that gallops clientele back to harness racing to, to get them watching our sport again. And we saw that on Hunter Cup night with the free-to-air telecast and also some of the some of the gallops racing journos taking note of this yeah. horse and writing articles about him. So hopefully he can get the job done again tomorrow night. Um, he's obviously t- um, a bit short to back now at the dollar twenty-two, but for those that were lucky enough to get the the futures price, there was much bigger prices in previous weeks and months about this horse winning this race. Um, there's a big query on whether he'll hold the front. I don't think it's as big a query as what some people are making out to be. If you go back through his form, the gate speed is actually there. They just haven't used it very often. And Menangle is the sort of track where you've got a clear run of about 150 metres in the, in the straight before they actually release them. So every horse has its full momentum up by the time the gate releases, which is very different to a track like Gloucester Park where... As soon as they turn off a tight bend, they release them so it's easy to cross them out wide at a track like Gloucester Park. So therefore, I'm pretty confident that he can hold up. Uh, but even if he doesn't hold up and a horse like he's a son of a gun can cross him, I think he can create enough of a gap to make sure he pops off the fence and all he needs to do is see clear air and pop off and make sure that he either leads or sits in the breeze and he should be too good for them. There's a lot of roughies here that will restrain and just dive for the pegs. Horses like Tim's a trooper, Lightning Dan Mahomes invitation only so therefore that helps the chances of captain ravishing creating a gap to pop back off if he does happen to get crossed by he's a son of a gun so it looks pretty straightforward as yeah. long as he's able to see clear air then it should be race over yeah looking forward to because I, I think they'll run some time because i think a few believe that they might be able to cross captain ravishing which will set up for a lightning first quarter and um be interesting to see what he can produce if he does get a little bit of luck um, even if he holds the front, he has to burn. He might just smash the clock, Captain Ravishing, there at Menangle on a Saturday night. So that's exciting. In the in the heats of the Oaks, um, it's an interesting lineup of fillies. I'm really keen on a horse by the name of Peaceful for Cameron Ross and Jack Callaghan. I think she's the best filly in the in the series. Got respect for the um, the New Zealander Kalua flyby, but she'll have to be pretty good to defeat Peaceful in my eyes, there, Maddie. Yeah, this is uh, this is the more interesting of the two heats, which is race three tomorrow night. It looks a two-horse race. Uh, Kalua Flyby is a, a top-line Kiwi horse who the Kiwis tell me that she was sort of in, probably in the top three of her age group over there, but Millwood Nike is the clear standout over there this year, and she's unbeaten. But Kalua Flyby was sort of about the third best over there. So generally those sort of top-line Kiwis measure up here, and we saw that first up with a win. It was just a Tuesday race, but she did sit in the breeze and go 152 home in uh, 55, which is, is pretty good going for a horse who I've been told is more of a speed horse. She's got more speed than she does toughness. So it'd be interesting to see whether they want to lead and hold the lead over the 2,400 tomorrow night. But in saying that, I'm not sure whether Peaceful will necessarily want to lead over the long trip either. So it's not easy to lead all the way over the long trip at an angle. Um, but sometimes when horses like this have a clear class gap on the rest of the field, then one of these two favourites are likely to be leading. Um, so I'm unsure on the map, but Peaceful is a very, very good filly, local, uh, locally trained at Menangle. Um, it's already been well-backed five into 260. 
And um, it does look hard to beat, but I, I don't really have a strong leaning one way or the yeah. other. Um, Kalua flyby gets the barrier draw, obviously. I just want to ask you a question, last one, bit at sip it. Jason Grimson believes he can win a miracle mile with this horse. He was first emergency in a Newcastle mile. Um, you got to take Jason on his word these days because he usually gets it pretty right. What's your thoughts about this exciting former Kiwi that's unbeaten so far in this country? He's a very good horse. Um, so we've, we saw him win a heat and final of a restricted um, class race at Melton during the carnival down here. He was then balloted from the Hunter Cup. He didn't get a run. And then he was once again balloted from the, the Newcastle Mile tonight and he's the first emergency. So he, he's never actually raced in free-for-all grades. So that's obviously hurting him from getting a start in some of these better races. So he, he's in a free-for-all tomorrow night and he would have to win that and probably win it impressively to even get into the the Miracle Mile qualifiers next week. They run two lots of 10. So the top 20 get in next week. And if he wins tomorrow night, that probably gets him in. And on what we saw in his most recent win at Melton, I've got no doubt that he's a top-line horse. It's very hard to line up whether he's good enough to win a Miracle Mile because he hasn't actually raced in fast class yet. But it looks like a weakish free-for-all tomorrow night. He's drawn to probably lead, so he certainly gets his chance to to stamp his claim for a start in the qualifiers next week. All right, mate. What about the Newcastle Mile tonight? Who leads? Pinny Tiger? Does Ultra Orlando, not Ultra Orlando, the Kiwi horse that's engaged there, drawn um, Barry number one in the Newcastle Mile tonight. And if you win this race, you get straight into the Miracle Mile. BD Joe. Um, or does a Mac Dan, I don't think Mac Dan can cross Pinny Tiger, but the way that he went in the Hunter Cup there the other night, um, Geez, he'd be hard to beat for, for mine. Yeah, he's flying back, Dan. Um, the draws uh, hurt him a little bit here, though. The Newcastle start at the mile point is actually really tricky to hold up from barrier one if there's some really quick beginners out wide because the, 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 the race starts just after a turn and it's hard to gather speed down on the inside. So BD Joe, the Kiwis, told me that he gets out pretty good. He's got good gate speed, but as we know... For those who have been seeing a bit of WA Harness recently, Pinny Tiger's very, very, very fast. Uh, he crossed horses like Labra Joe comfortably in the Golden Nugget. Um, so there's got to be a massive query on whether BD Joe can hold the front. But then I've also got a query on whether Pinny Tiger is up to them on class if he does happen to cross. Um, the piece of work that we saw, which was the private trial at Menangle last week, where they only went 152, I thought Pinny Tiger looked a bit flat. So he would need to improve a lot in the space of a week. Um, if he does cross, I still don't know whether he's good enough to win. But it certainly does open up the race for others like Mac Dan, Perfect Stride, even Zeus Bromac. So don't be surprised if Pinny Tiger crosses and then don't be surprised if we see a bit of a blowout. I think this race is much more open than what the market suggests because I think there's a big risk that PDJ gets crossed. Good on your work. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time as always, Matty. Good punting, good tipping, mate. Thanks, Gareth. See yes. Happy birthday, too. There's Matty Leopard there looking at some of the feature racing in New South Wales over the weekend in the trots. We'll take the news and we'll come back and then we'll preview a big night of greyhound racing from the Meadows tomorrow night. And we'll catch up with a couple of the big guns of the sport. Kel Greeno, the trainer of Well, She's Fast, and Brooke Ennis, the trainer of that star sprinter, Emron Boy. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Friday morning. It's 9.34 in the East, 8.34 in Queensland. Of course, 6.34 in WA and the Meadows will host a terrific program of chasing action with heats of the Superstays and also the Australian Cup. And the main attraction will be the superstar Greyhound in Well, She's Fast because every time she steps out in these big races, she puts her hand up 
and uh, she delivers. And Kel Grano joins us now. Good morning, Kel. You must have been so proud of her once again in the Temley. For mine, that was nearly her greatest performance to hold off um, a greyhound like Amron Boy when he was so close um, was just proof how great she is. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Yeah, look, it was um, another exhilarating performance by quite a few dogs, and Amron Boy is just a superstar. You just never write him off. But, yeah, she needed to hold him off again, and, you know, it's just the Kelsey Bale was flying along in front, so it was never easy to win those races. And when you have a look at her taking on a greyhound like Emron Boy, and we all thought, well, geez, Emron Boy was lucky, unlucky, so unlucky in that, that Phoenix. But then when you sit back and you watch what she did in the Temley, you watch what she did in the, the Phoenix again, and then watch, you, you, you watch what she did in that match race at Sandown, um, I don't think she'll ever let Emron Boy go past her, regardless how far or close he is from her. I, I would never say never. I think he's... Um... He's just one one array from doing it. He's just a, a freaky sort of dog. He's a little bit like a dog we had a couple of years ago called Houdini Boy that yeah. used to come from well back and you just never write him off. And here he comes. And, you know, I think it's um, a little bit of deja vu there that they're both by the same sire. So they're just um, freaky sort of dogs that have got more ability than every other dog, but um, they just need a little bit of luck. What about on Saturday night? Well, she's fast. She's been easy with the Bet365 market. You can get around $1.80 now for her because of box seven, I would imagine. Um, how do you assess the early part of this race? Yeah, I think um, box seven never helps you at the Meadows when, you know, when you've got a bit of speed inside you. Look, again, she's not the perfect dog. She lacks a little bit of speed and she's not a great box dog. Um, dogs like Revolution, Drawn the Red, is going to be very well suited. And Elite Alex is a very quick early dog. So she's going to have to overcome and, and get a run through at the right time. And that's part of dog racing. Yeah. Um, she well? She put up okay after that Temley victory? Yeah, she's good. Um, it, there's no dramas at all, Gareth. All right, mate. We wish you the best of luck, Cal. Thanks for that update. Thanks very much. Great to catch up with Kel Greeno. Let's have a chat to Brooke Ennis because she trains the other star of Greyhound Racing in Victoria at the moment in Emron Boy, in fact, his country. And he's also at a short price at $1.70, but he also needs to overcome a tricky draw in box number six. Brooke, good morning to you. Good morning, Gareth. I was just having a chat to Cal. Like, um, I'm the number one member of the Emron Boy fan club. and he's, But every time, like, you, you think that he's going to get, well, she's fast, She's like she's always in front on the post, but that la- the the next stride he's in front. Um, hopefully that can change. We just need to move the wi- the the winning post uh, back yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh, did you ask Kelly if he's going to retire us? <laughs> yeah, that's what I should have asked. But um, I did ask him a couple of weeks ago. He said that um, she'll tell him when she's ready to retire. Yeah. But it's it's testament to her greatness in a way because. How even that, like how exciting and how good your dog's been on, on the big stage over the last three to four months. That um, in that speed in that match race, he had his opportunity to get past her, and I guess he had his opportunity the other night as well. But she's just that got that ability to know where that line is. 
Yeah, he just seems to, especially um, probably in both those match race, uh, that match race and the Temley, he he kind of just seems to put himself in a little bit of trouble by missing the start, and um, you know then he's got to kind of overcome a few things and and work a little bit harder than her. But um, yeah, look, it's it's all credit to her. She's um, I know there's a lot of talk around at the moment whether she's a champion or a superstar, but you know to do what she does week in. Well, not even week in, week out. They they plan her races and, and she doesn't go around all the time. It's a real credit to the Greenos. And, um, you know, look, I'm really happy for him. Obviously, there's that small connection with my bro, Fabio. And yeah. um, But, again, I probably wouldn't be human if I wasn't starting to get a little bit disappointed. Yes. <laughs> I can understand. Um, what about tomorrow? Is Barrett, box number six a concern for you? What, what How do you and Jamie see that? Yeah, it's never ideal. Like Carl said, you know, you don't want to be drawn off the track at the Meadows. And, um, you know, we we know he's a keen railer. But, um, look, I think, obviously, uh, Fernando Mix in the pink and he's got pace. And, well, like we've seen him on Saturday night, he nearly crossed that field. So, um, it's going to make it difficult. I, I hope he just can get out cleanly and get a little bit of room because I think it doesn't matter who leads. If he's close enough, I think he can easily run any of them dogs down. So just a little bit of luck will be nice again. Yeah, I know if we can. And he's, I think he's $6 or five fifty with the all-in market there with Bet365. So um, I think I have to go again. Like you love him that much that he, he can get a little bit of luck and win his heat because he can overcome a couple of checks, you would imagine, in that race there tomorrow. Then... All he needs is box number. If he starts from box number one in a final like that at the Meadows, he probably starts at dollar forty, Emron boy. So, yeah, um, we <laughs> it'd can be just, nice to, to get one. Yeah, we just need box number one. Have you got a winner for us coming up outside of Emron boy? Oh, it's a bit tricky at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't got a big team racing. There's only a couple, but um, you know, I've got some young dogs nearly ready to start go um, going. But um, look, I think you can't ever not tip tip Admiral Boy, can you? No, we'll be jumping on. We're we're we're, we're as we said here on SEM, we're the number one holders of the um, Emron Boy. We're the number one ticket holders of the Emron Boy um, fan club. Now, there was talk about he doesn't travel at all, does he? These days, Emron Boy. Look, I, I, I don't know whether it's the travel. He definitely um, didn't like Wentworth Park. I don't know, um, you know, obviously something went amiss there. We can't really pinpoint it. He came back well. He had a trial, you know, 10 days later and, and went super. So I don't know whether it was the travel or just the fact that it was Wentworth Park. But, um, look, if, he, if he's going to need to win some of these big races, he's going to have to travel. So, um, you know, I think at the moment we're just having a little bit of a discussion about the Perth Cup and yes. and things like that. And the that. quokka. But, I mean, not the quokka, the... the um, yeah, well, it? hopefully we'll see some quokkas. Yeah, the sandgroper. Sand <laughs> you know... Yeah, so... Yeah. That's on the cards, obviously, as well. And, um, you know, and being, as you guys are, his number one ticket holder, I'm sure you'd like to see him over there. So, yeah, um, yeah it's definitely, we're definitely talking about it and, um, you know, we'll just see what the next few months bring. But as you said, he keeps getting to the catching pen first and he, he thinks he's an absolute star to be honest his confidence is through the roof and um you know thank thankfully he doesn't know he's getting beat no um we'll take on well she's fast hopefully you don't cheat on us and you stick with us with the sen slot there for the um the slot race i think it's the sand groper in wa so we appreciate your time brooke and um yeah i've booked your flights already i'm just booking them now Thanks, guys. Look forward to the trip over. Yeah. Um, we'll leave Jamie at home anyway. Yeah, because he's no good because he doesn't like... We, we all know that um, um, Emron Boy can't be bothered sitting in a car with him for that long. So, yeah, yeah. I agree <laughs> with you. 100%. <laughs> I think that might have been the problem with the Sydney trip. Yes. Thanks, Brooke.
Thanks, Gareth. We'll take yeah. a break and we'll come back and preview a big day of racing on a Sunday at Launceston. Welcome back to Giddy Up. What a weekend it promises to be. In fact, what a week it promises to be in Tassie. We've got the three and four-year-old classic. They tell me the inevitable is back at the races as well on a Sunday afternoon at Launceston. Bear Robertson and Snapper, Matty Reid, join us now. Hello to you, first of all, Bear. Uh, morning, Gareth. Just before we start, just obviously passing my condolences yeah. to Dean Lester's family and friends, and in particular to you, mate. I know how close you were to him and how much a mentor he was, so I'm thinking of you today, mate. No, he was a great man. I know you loved his tips. You used to... Oh, uh, every Friday morning, every Friday mate, get the Saturday. coffee. Well, loved you, it. I loved don't know it. how many people used to text me on a Saturday morning, what's Dino <laughs> like, Gareth? Can you send me his tips? Um, yep. And we used to send them through and... It was a difference. Some people could pump them well and some people couldn't. I couldn't, but you could, um, Bear. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, he's going to be misses, no doubt about that. And just with the, yep. I saw the inevitable. Is he, is he racing again before the All-Star Mile? Yeah, so there's a, there's the hell of a street stakes on Wednesday, on oh, okay. Cup Day. So yeah. Scotty's accepted for that. So we've still got five days to decide whether or not, or Scotty's got five days to decide whether or not we run. So... He's just a touch worried of five weeks between Thomas Lyons and if we get in the All-Star Mile. So, um, yeah, we'll leave that up to the experts, mate. Yes. Um, Snapper, hello to you. It's a good meeting on Sunday, and then we look forward to Launceston Cup Day. Um, what do you make of this meeting at Launceston on Sunday? Yeah, morning, G. Morning, Bear. And I certainly echo Bear's sentiments around Dean Lester. A very sad morning for everyone in the industry. Uh, Sunday, it's, it's a good card, G. It's probably come up a little bit stronger than I thought it might, um, particularly the, the Magic Millions two-year-old race. Our numbers have been a little bit light on this year in the two-year-old ranks, but we've got a field of 12, which is probably up there with as many as we've had for any two-year-old race this season. And the Oaks, um, we've got uh, eight there. We only had four go around in the strut, but we've got a, a few new faces, and I think that'll be a good race as well. So... Uh, I don't think it'll be completely straightforward and a nice warm-up for next Wednesday's Lonnie Cup meeting. All right, mate. So how do we make some money on a Sunday afternoon before the, the Launceston Cup meeting on a Wednesday? We'll start off with you, Bear. Go through your best bets and then you, Snapper. Um, really keen race seven, number one, Turk Warrior. The horse has been in great form this preparation. Uh, I reckon his mail will slide straight to the front from his barrier and I reckon that's the last you'll see of him. So race seven, number one. And also in the last race eight, number nine is the winner. It was a touch unlucky last start, just got held up at a crucial stage, hitting the line really well. Uh, meets the winner from that race, a kilo or so better off. So I just think if they have any even luck, I think race eight, number nine, the winner will be winning. So race eight, number nine is the winner. And Turk Warrior, race seven, number one. What are you doing, Snapper Reed? Yeah, I'm with Bear. Turk Warrior is probably likely to be my best on the program. The second at Portsea for Danny O'Brien's got another nomination across the weekend. Not sure if it comes around. Kind of hope it does because it might help with our Turk Warrior price. I'd be happy to take anything better than even money on him. Uh, I think the favourite in the Oaks, gee, is a good thing. Sole choice. Made very light work of a four-horse field in the strut last Friday. Uh, we've had a little minor curveball here. Geordie Child's got a suspension. He's taking that. So late rider change, Zach Spain jumps on board. But I think this horse just goes to the front and, and should be too good again. Uh, I think the $1.80 that you're getting is fair about it uh, in the Oaks. 
And just looking at other races, gee, I think race four, Adam Trinder will win if I can Dutch his two, Incriminate and Silver Persuasion. The latter of those two doesn't have a right of name, so potentially it might not go around. But if it does, if I can back both Incriminate and Silver Persuasion in race four, I'll be confident in finding the winner. So race four, number four, and also number seven there, in race number four, what's on the podcast this week, lads? We did, uh, uh, we did the. Sorry, yeah, sorry, go snapper. <laughs> I was just going to say the the Oaks is out and about. We spoke to Cameron Thompson, the head of the twenty twenty three Tassie Magic Million Sales on Monday. Uh, so the sales are coming up there, and then we'll turn our attention to the Lonnie Cup Bear and I will. I think Sunday night we're going to record that one. I had a quick chat to the boys. A field of 15 for the Launceston Cup on Wednesday, so good deep numbers there. Most of the fancies from the Hobart Cup are, are backing up. Beautiful. I've just been in contact with Siggy Carr. I think we're getting a syndicate together, so I've locked you guys in for 10%. So um, bring it on. Um, good on you, lads. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. There's Bear and Snapper, Bear Robertson, Snapper Two great judges looking forward to a big week there in Tassie Racing. We'll take a break and then we'll come back with Friday's bag of tips as we try and find you a winner across the three codes. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining, and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com. And uh, let's find you a couple of winners across the three codes. Some terrific meetings in the Gallops tonight and. One at Mooney Valley in Philip Stokes has got a couple of really nice chances. And Stokes, he joins us now here on Giddy Up this morning. Good morning to you, Philip. Thanks for your time. Yeah, good morning. Not a problem. Diamond Model was a good effort the other day. I know she had a lovely run, but can she win again at Mooney Valley? Yeah, look, um, obviously she's got a liking for the valley. I think the miles probably as far as she wants. She's drawn to get a soft run. Um, Definitely hasn't gone backwards and goes there in good shape. So, yeah, she's a chance. Race number three, you've got uh, What a Deal Engage. Got to overcome the widest gate. Your thoughts there? Really nice horse. Um, is Mooney Valley his track? Probably not, but it looked like a nice race for him. I wanted to um, get him up to the mile. So if Craig can get the right run from the barrier and he can get around the valley, um, yeah, he'll run well, but a couple of little question marks, but the horse has got nice ability. Yeah, who's your best there, do you think, Philip, at, at the Valley? Oh, look, I think that what a deal's got a lot of potential, but it's just a matter of if he gets around where Don Model gets to get the good run. So just maybe Don Model just in front, but the other horse has got good ability. Our full team on SEN Track at Giddy Up, we've got our weekend multi, and we've put Climbing Star in, in that multi in the, the vanity. Do you share our confidence with her? Yeah, definitely. It's a tough race, but I really rate her. Um, she's only lightly raced. She's trying to get a good run. She's trained on nicely from her first up run, and the form's obviously been very you know, frank. So um, she'll run well. All right, mate. What about outside of Climbing Star in Adelaide and Melbourne? Is there any standouts in your eyes there from your camp? I think Lyrical Lad's ready to run a big race uh, third up at the mile at Flemington. He's going great. Aaron Bay was very unlucky the other day too. So... Um, He's a good chance. And Red Hot Nick in the last is yep. each one a chance too. Beautiful. So Red Hot Nick, race nine, number seven. We appreciate your insights as always, mate. Could be a big day at headquarters for the Stokes camp. So good luck. Fingers crossed. Thank you. There's Philip Stokes. So good push for Lyrical Lad. Good push for Aaron Bay and a handy push for Red Hot Nick. But I think he's keen on his Philly climbing star in the tab vanity over the 1,400 metres. So 
Um, it could be, as I just pointed out there, with Philip Stokes, a big day for that camp. We'll take the news. It's quickly approaching 10 o'clock on the other side of it. Benning, I said, with his best bets at Mooney Valley. We'll also catch up with Mickey Gannon, who will preview Canterbury and Wagga and Corindai on this Friday. Darren Carroll, um, we'll look at Ballarat. I've got some Gloucester Park tips as well. Simon Orchard and the Watchy, along with Todd Gray, will send through their best bets at the Greyhound venues in Melbourne, or I should say Victoria, New South Wales, and also South Australia. It's quickly approaching 10 o'clock. It's a day that we pay tribute to the great Dean Lester, who sadly passed away last night at the Alfred Hospital after losing his battle with cancer. He was a much-loved figure in the racing industry right across the country, and we're thinking of his family and his friends on this um, sad day. It's 10 o'clock and it's news time. Gareth Hall with you. This is Bag of Tips. Thanks to the best hotel in the Mallee, the Ultima Hotel. Good on you, Benno. You're with us for another year. Um, and also, of course, um, Oz Equipment Rentals. And we need to find you a couple of winners on this Friday across the, the three codes. We just heard from Philip Stokes to kick off Bag of Tips. He's keen on a few of his runners, but what a deal if he handles the valley. Philip Stokes believes he'll be mighty hard to beat. And Benny, I said is seeing them like beach balls at the moment. And he joins us now to kick off with our tipsters for Bag of Tips on this Friday. G'day, Benny. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning, Gareth. Uh, obviously, just want to kick off by saying, mate, just uh, it's been a very tough and sad morning for the racing industry. Condolences go out to, obviously, Dean Lester's family and close friends, and particularly you, mate. I know you're very close with the great man. Uh, hope you're doing okay and... Uh, Look, Dino definitely inspired me to be a form analyst and I'm sure inspired plenty of other young young people in the industry to have a crack at it and uh, give it a go. You'll be sorely missed. Yeah, well said, Betty. Um, what are we doing at the Valley tonight, mate? And then Wodonga, are you confident? Yeah, I like the Valley, mate. I've only got the one at Wodonga. We will kick off at Mooney Valley. We'll go race two, number eight, TikTok Lady. Graham Begg trains, Geordie Childs to ride. Look, this filly was really good. First start at Sandown in town. She showed a lot of fight to kick back and win that day. I think she'll ride the speed tonight and prove very hard to beat. Race two, number eight. We'll then go to race six, number one, Per Sand. Ma Eustace, Harry Coffey. He's a grand old galloper, this bloke. I love the way he trolled in between races last start, beating Gold Trip at Cranbourne. He looks to ride the speed tonight, and he, it'll be very hard to run down, this bloke. He's we know he's a very honest, tough galloper. I think he finds another winnable race tonight. We'll then go to race eight, number 11, Pretty Tavi. Friedman Camp Train, Jay Carter Ride. This filly's got above-average talent. She had a really good first preparation last prep. She she looks another one to ride the speed. I think it'll be advantageous to be on the speed tonight. I think she can lead him up for a long way. She will get over a bit more ground, but at the 1,200 metres suits first up tonight. Race eight, number 11, Pretty Tavi. And then what do you got, mate? I just got the one at Wodonga, mate. I don't don't love the cards. I think we can have something on this, fella. Race six, number two, Cosmic Rhapsody. Cunningham Camp Train, T.O. Newton to ride. Finds a very winnable race. Been coming out of some good form races. This race sets up perfectly for him today. I think he'll be very hard to beat. Race six, number two, Cosmic Rhapsody. And what about at Wodonga? Yeah, that was the one. Oh, sorry, Wodonga. sorry, race six. Oh, I'm confused. So Wodonga race six, on, race six, number two. Um, what would be your very best for the day? Uh, race eight, number 11, pretty tavy at Mooney Valley. All right. Go and get them today, Benny boy.
Thanks, Gareth. Queensland is your place to race this year. And Semi Highland joins us now to go through his best on a Friday night at the Sunshine Coast. Semi, good morning to you again, mate. Take it away with your place. Is that you again, Gareth? Yeah. Is that you again? <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we're going to the sunny coast tonight. And uh, just make sure you get on that Bruce Highway early enough to yes. get anything from Brisbane because it can be a nightmare. That's the best uh, tip anyone can get. Race one, number two, cat deal. No, I'm only joking. It's like a dollar twenty. It it will jump out just roll around. I reckon Jimmy Orman could sit on it backwards and yep. it'll still win. Uh so that's in the first there, but it's too short. What about race five, number five, Sir Carter for Peter and Will Holbert, Aiden Thompson on board. Now, this Aiden Thompson, he's an interesting rooster because it is not. It, it, it's not beyond him to go to the races on a Saturday somewhere in Queensland and then stop at the rodeo on the way home and jump on a bull. Yeah. He is a dead set freak at it, and he will give this a good ride from the outside barrier. If you want to draw barrier twenty-two anywhere, Gareth, it is at the Sunny Coast because it's got a big long straight, and this horse is a horse that uh, Peter and Will Holbert have got a nice opinion of, and it's. It's just taken a little bit of time, but it's found its right race here. It just needs luck from the gate. It ran well at Doombin uh, first up, and it'll run better tonight. So it will be hard to beat. Uh, number five, Sir Carter. So race one, number two, race five, number five. Is that all, Sammy? That's all we've got. We've only got six races, Gareth. And as you know, I'm doing a lot of Chris Nelson's work this week. I'm I'm as confused as you are about where all these race meetings are. But I was interested to hear you say yes. when I was driving into the studio this morning that you don't believe in the early crow call. No. The racing gods will strike you down this weekend because it happens. The early crow, the gods No, will jump Sammy. Out you you. Can't, I I can't you. so you're telling me that my mate Jules Valens gave that horse the early crow and he was at the two hundred meter mark at Belmont and that affected the result. Yes, I am telling you. Oh, the there you go. The well, are always watching. All right, then. I'll make sure <laughs> I'll make sure that I'll make sure that no one else goes the early crow, especially when I'm around you, Semi Boy. Enjoy the Sunshine Coast tonight. Good on you, Gareth. He's a great man, Semi Highland. Queensland is racing. Action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Mickey Gannon's done the form for us at Canterbury, Wagga and Corindry, Corindy, I should say. Um, take it away, Mickey Gannon. As I say, good morning to you. Morning, G. Great to hear Sammy Holland up and about. Bloody hell, he's moved to Queensland. He's lost the plot. Yeah. Mate, we're going to go here. Get in nice and early at, at Canterbury. We're on a soft five. It is very warm in Sydney. That track will dry up if you get to the first race. We're going to kick off here. Race one, number one, Kim Tyre, around in $18 mark, $17 mark. That looks like a cracking each-way bet. Look, the horse was desperately unlucky at both starts. It's been too far back over shorter distances. It gets the 1,200 metres today. Jay Collin on board. Draws really well in barrier two there. As long as they don't go too fast. I can't imagine they go too quick with a small field from over 1,200 metres, a tight turning track. It'll be there within striking distance and, and should get the job done for each way back, as I reckon we can back that, you know, on a one-by-three, one-by-four basis and get a result there, G. Then we're going to head to race seven. Looks short but sweet here. Looks like this is the clear standout in the race. Zanzibar gem, drawn barrier one with Dylan Gibbons aboard. And you're getting that $2.60 mark. And you might get a bit of a drift weight close to $3. If you can get around that $3 mark, that's a very, very good bet. Race seven, number 10, Zanzibar gem. So race one, number one, race seven, number 10 at Canterbury. What about at Wagga Wagga? 
Yeah, the Wagga, yeah, they've moved the meeting back. Apparently, the broadcast van, um, van is running late, so therefore, they'll go back a race, and it's stinking hot there at Wagga, so just be looking at the mounting yard if you are playing throughout the day, punters. I've just got the one for you, a horse here for the uh, Mitch Beer stable called Old Greg. This is a very, very moderate race. This horse just maps the four leaders back behind the horse called Mohana, uh, which will go forward. There's not much pace on here. Old Greg's the best horse in this race, has the best figures on my GTX ratings. And I'd suggest to you that Old Greg will be getting the job done in what is a very moderate race, race four. Number four, that is uh, the best value play, G. And then we just roll into race five here. I think the good thing of the day is a horse here called Gravy Train Magpie. was three wide last start, complete the gift. Jeff Penzer goes on, barrier one. They can roll forward and lead. And they'll be um, Gravy Train Magpie and Jeff Penzer will be getting the job done here in race five, number five, mate. So race five, number five there at Wagga. And then at Corindai, what do you got there? Yeah, just the one at Corindai. Um, I found it a really, really difficult meeting to tackle, but it's, it's a one value bet. We're going to go race five, number 10, first secret. Um, should have finished close last start. Jenny Duggan six. She's a really good jockey. Draws very, very well here. 1,600 metres is ideal. And you're getting a really good price around the $5 mark to find out. So race five, number 10, first secret can get the job done, G. And, mate, before you leave me, I just wanted to um, give you a wrap. That was a really stirring and, and great tribute to Dean Lester. And I just want to send my regards to Dean's family, friends, um, you know, in in an industry where we're all here, you know, pulling each other down more often than not and everyone's looking to tear everyone down, Dean was a man that stood up and beyond and he was one of the most positive persons I've ever had anything to do with and um, it's just a, a great man to be around and a, and a huge loss to the industry, mate. No, well said, Mickey Jell. I know when he talked about his family, he had the family at RSN and Seven, but he also loved you guys at the great tip-off where he did his subscriptions and um, he thought the world of you guys. So, yeah, I'm thinking of the team there at the great tip-off because Dino was your star. He was the star there with the subscriptions when he wasn't tipping on the radio. So, um, yeah, well said, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. There's Mickey Gannon there. Ballarat tonight. Now, we've got some important information for tomorrow night at um, Melton. The Wombat, that's why he's such a star, Toby McKinnon. Um, just spoke to Jason Lee. Gillaby Dynamite is going to be scratched from that uh, race at Melton on Saturday night, which means Cranbourne, the favourite, follows out Rick Riley. So it won't be leaders back anymore as I say hello to you, Darren Carroll. G'day, Gareth. Yeah, that is big news. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll scrap that tip on uh, on Cranbourne. Uh, I don't want to be um, don't want to be three fence. I think Rick Riley's got gate speed, but we want to be relying on sitting on its back. So we'll scrap that tip and we'll move on to something else. All right, what are we doing um, at Ballarat? Just before I do, Gareth, I wasn't aware of um, the news regarding Dino when I spoke to you before, but I just wanted to say, uh, rest in peace. He was a great man. Yeah. I'm never lucky enough to meet the, the legend himself, but he did it without his own PR chain, which is um, rare in today's tipping world. So, um, yeah, he I know of many, many people who just followed him religiously and um, a great man lost to the industry. So, really, my condolences to everyone involved there. It was funny. Um, I, I worked with him for so many years. I know yeah. we're in a rush, but um, I never met him either. But it felt like he was your best mate. I never shook down yeah, his hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Never met him. Wow. No. No, no just right. a great man. Sums it up perfectly. Um, Ballarat tonight, got a couple, Gareth. Uh, race four, number nine, Island Caesar. Um, this guy caught me eye two starts ago when it galloped away at Geelong and made some really nice ground late. Um, then it was in its stall the next start. And I didn't think it was the right race, but he was really heavily backed. 
um, and he came from the back row, which is not ideal at Stool, but he's still ran a really good race. I actually feel like tonight's the right race. Uh, he gets a really important driver engagement with Connor Ronan tonight, which I think is a real positive. Um, he can do work, so there's options there. Um, the long straight at Ballarat will suit, so I found a really suitable race. So race four, number nine, Island Caesar, is a nice bet tonight. And the other one I like is race six, number 11, just a little sick. Um, this guy is a really, really nice horse and created a massive impression when he first came from New Zealand. He actually won his first five races in Australia. Um, and then at the end of that, he actually made the final of Victorian Derby, which was the Captain Ravishing uh, Leap of Fame Derby, which is probably go down in folklore in coming years. But um, he was found a bit wanting in that race and then went for a spell. When he come back from a spell, he's come back a really highly rated four-year-old, so it can be quite difficult for him to adjust. And he hasn't had the right draws and things like that just haven't gone his way. Last week at Melton, he drew barrier seven, went back and actually went to the line with an absolute grip. Uh, he ran last at the race, but, gee, uh, he had back me written all over him next time. Um, I think this is a really suitable class for him tonight because he gets the claim with young Adrian Pace, so drops significantly in class. And despite the back row draw of number 11, I just think he's found the right race tonight and uh, really confident that we'll see the right just a little bit tonight and um, best of the night there at Ballarat. Love your work, Darren. Good luck, mate. Thanks, Gareth. Cheers. There we go. I think Mac Dan can win the Newcastle Mile. Uh, I think he's a big chance um, in that feature event in New South Wales. Um, at Gloucester Park, I like a few races. Two, number one, Paraquet to lead all of the way. I think James Buck can lead. He can settle closer in this small field and be too strong in race three, but he is short. Um, Valentine's Brook should be winning race four, number three. The best comes up in race five, number five, the Amber Hare. Um, the Amber Hare. So Joslyn Young just needs to stay in front of Junior, and she should be getting the cash there. So that's race five, number five. Greyhound Racing, thedogs.com.au, the home of Greyhound Racing. Simon Orchard likes race six, number two, Apollo Speed. Race 11, number two, Kiani Black Ace at the Gardens. And at Richmond, race six, number one, Old East. Thedogs.com.au, the home of everything Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. The Murray Bridge tips from our man, Toddy Gray. Um, uh, and no one runs the dogs like South Australia. Race one, number seven, Me Same You. Race one, number seven. Race five, number two, Alingam Molly. Race seven, number seven, Butter Up Again. Race eight, number four, Two Hands George. So race one, number seven, race five, number two, race seven, number seven, race eight, number four at Murray Bridge. Thanks to Toddy Gray for expert Greyhound Racing tips. Just follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on uh, the Facebook page, their Facebook page. And uh, the Watchdog selections here, um, uh, he likes on a Friday at Bendigo, race six, number six, Bumpy's Dad Roy. Hillsville, race five, number one, My Dad Baz. Race 8, number 80, Let Jet. Race 12, number 8, Cuban Cigar. And then Geelong Quaddy, first leg 5, 2, 5, 3, second leg, 5, 8, and 1, third leg, and 8, 1 out in that final leg. We'll take a break and then we'll come back and catch up with my great mate, Greg Mitchell, to have a chat about these upcoming Sunshine Stars yearling sale and the, the Magic Millions Complex on the Gold Coast on March 12. Welcome back to Getty Up. It's been an emotional morning for everybody involved in the racing game. We lost our great mate, Dean Lester, um, who passed away in the oh, last night around 10 o'clock at the Alfred Hospital. So our thoughts with his mum, Sandra, and his partner, um, 
Leanne, and there's been so many beautiful tributes on our social media platforms and also on our text message line, paying tribute to Dean Lester, whose legacy will live on forever. So, um, yeah, and so many lovely messages coming through. Um, and it is a sad day, but it's a time that we can celebrate his life as well because he was an inspiration and he loved his harness racing. He, he, he loved his harness racing, Dino. And um, I think we tried to get in himself and Hamish McLaughlin. I think I tried to talk them into getting into a harness horse and he definitely would have loved the, the magic, um, the, these new sunshine stars yielding sale coming up there at uh, on the Gold Coast at the Magic Millions Complex. And this is the first time that Nutrium will be conducting these sales. And just looking at the catalogue, there is plenty to get excited about, not only for the Queensland industry, but for the whole industry, because the way that the QBread system is set up, there's so much money to be won. Um, and um, Greg Mitchell from Albion Park joins us on the line now to discuss all of this on Giddy Up. G'day, Greg. Thanks for your time, mate. Good morning. Okay, Gareth. Thanks for having me. Jeez, it's exciting, isn't it? The Sunshine Stars Yearling Sale on the Gold Coast, two days, and looking at the catalogue, there's plenty to get excited about. Mate, we're super excited with the sale only uh, just over three weeks away. And, yeah, no, the uh, momentum is building, and um, we think that we've got a really strong catalogue and, and we've got a good program of events over the weekend. You've been a passionate man that's done some wonderful things for the sport of harness racing in Queensland. But have you ever seen it? Well, since I've followed the game, I don't think I've ever seen the sport be so strong in the Sunshine State. No, that's a fair assessment. I think um, David Brick and his team at Racing Queensland have, have done a really good job and the clubs are all working together and um, we've really got some momentum happening up here in the Sunshine State. I think our winner carnival uh, sits on you know par with, with the best carnivals around the, around the country and and now with this new sale and um, and some other exciting things that are going to happen in the later part of the year, being into the I think we're on track to uh, keep the momentum building. And there's been a sales race, I think, that's been announced as well during the Winter Carnival. Is that right? Uh, that's right, yep. 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 No, there's, there's another race there. That, um, I think uh, the Hayden was, was one that was only announced last week. And, yep. and then this week, um, the Square, which is, um, which is for the Trotters, um, the three and four-year-olds that that's also had a prize money increase to one hundred and fifty thousand plus a twenty-five thousand dollar bonus if a three-year-old was to win it. Yeah, so it's been an amazing, like with the prize money increases in Queensland. But the Sydney sales start for Nutrien on the fourth and fifth of March, and then we go to Queensland and then Melbourne after that. But like we saw with the Magic Millions sale when we're up there in Queensland for the gallops, um, unfortunately for some Queensland trainers. There's so much interest from the interstate trainers and international buyers. But I think looking at this catalogue and with the money on offer with QBread and those races there during the carnival, I think you're going to get a lot of interest from the interstate visitors this, this sales season. Yeah, no, we, we hope so. And, and um, the ones that are confirmed that are coming already is very exciting. Um, and as you said, I think there's horses for the locals and I think there's plenty of options then for the interstates, like of the 136 entries. Um, 49 were for non-Queensland vendors, which is, um, it's the best this state's been able to produce for a long, long time. So, um, you're, so I think yeah. there is those horses, yeah, for, for the interstaters, but there's definitely still a lot of Q-bred and, and Queensland-bred vendors and horses here for the locals as well. And your club's been passionate about getting this to work. Um, you must be 
you must sit back now and think, well, you're definitely on the right track with especially the interstate vendors heading to your sales. Yeah, I think we've been vindicated in, um, in, in sort of going it alone. Um, it's, uh, we, we saw an opportunity for the club to take the lead. We, we thought that we could do something a bit different and, and try things for the industry that hadn't been done before. Um, we really want to build this out to be a, a weekend event, not just a sale on the 12th. Um, this is our first year and, um, you know, already on the Saturday, we've, we've got a race day over at the Gold Coast Turf Club and then back to the Yearling Parade and then obviously the Sunday sale. But, um, you know, we've got a five-year strategic plan to have a have a really calendar of events there for three days and yeah. turn this into a, a bit of a destination and a sale. Yeah, a bit like probably not as big as the Gallops, but you have a similar carnival type of feel. Is that what you're thinking, Greg? Yeah, yeah, no, pretty much. Um, we're, we, we don't want to do everything the same as the Gallops, but, uh, you know, that Magic Means model is very successful as, as you've been there. And yeah. um, I think we can replicate that part of it, but also, you know, plug in some standard bread only um, things that sort of suit our, our, our industry um, a lot better. So. Yeah. No, I'm excited, mate. I'll be there. I'm really looking forward to getting to the Gold Coast to, to cover off these sales um, because I honestly believe in what you're doing. And um, I know there's a lot of Victorian and New South Wales trainers that are joining me on that trip. So um, we've got to try and try and find some horses, but it'll be some party, I reckon, as well. So you better put your party shoes on, Gregory, which I know that you're, that you're pretty good at. Oh, look, you know, we're here to entertain. Um, yeah, we, we're even going down the path, Gareth, that... You know, we, we've started some of the conversations with the state bodies that, yep. you know, sh- should should we have a weekend free of racing for our participants? Um, you know, I've seen some commentary in Victoria about the amount of hours and miles travelled, and I, I feel for these yeah. participants, the, the amount of work that they put in. Um, and sometimes I think we need to protect them from themselves. Um, and if there was no racing, they'd have to have a break. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also, you know, something that we'd like to maybe build in up here and be the first to do that maybe not this year, but next year our sale will also have no racing in Queensland on that Saturday night Yeah. Um, so that our participants can actually have a little bit of downtime and maybe come down to the coast for three days and have a mini break as well as attend the sale. Totally agree with you, mate. We appreciate your time. Go and get them. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, Gareth. Thanks for having me. Great to catch up with Greg Mitchell there. Now, make sure you join the EJ Whedon Race Night, February 24th at Mooney Valley Racing Club. Enjoy dinner racing and entertainment with a fantastic auction and raffle prizes. Um, Kiramar and David Eustace will be there as well. Get your tickets at prostatecancer.org.au. Thanks for your company. I'll be back tomorrow on Winners.